Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird. You made it weird. Yes, you did. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. Well, let's just get into it. Hi, everybody. My name is uh, Pete Holmes, and welcome to the... Uh, this is the fourth episode of You Made It Weird, and I'm very happy to be here with my good friend Chelsea per- Pernetti. So who are the other three people? I just want to know who... Well, Kumail okay. was number one. Who's your best friend? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to know where I stand. Number four. Yeah. You know, okay. Neil Brennan told me he wouldn't do uh, Marin's podcast because he was like... Essentially, you're saying I'm the 173rd funniest person you know, right. but then he did it. Yeah, he did it. How can you not? I would. Yeah, absolutely. I it's love a great it. show. I was episode 39. So you're the 39th. <laughs> That's actually great. Episode 39. That's really, really good. I did a Give live a one. I'm a, I, I did a live one. What is that? You say? know what? Stop listening to this podcast. <laughs> and go locate episode 39 of Mark Maron's no, podcast. No, let's just recreate it. Let's just re. No, I, what I do won't. You, do you have any kind of like, what do you call <sighs> that? Like a cough button for your laugh? You mean like a button that drops the level of the mic? <laughs> yeah. You can see me kind of dive away from the mic every time, yes. but there's going to be an initial pop. You should run across the room every time you laugh. Into the egg crates. Those egg egg shaped egg crate. You should be, foamies. your head should be rigged to be surrounded by egg crates. <laughs> <laughs> I should just wear a fishbowl on my head that only I can be deafened by my own stupid laugh. I love my laugh. Disarming. I love my laugh. Disarming. Dis- startled. Yeah. Startles children. Mm-hmm. 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 So you're the fourth best friend I have. That's cool. No, it was Kumail, TJ, and then Dimitri Martin. And Dimitri and I aren't... uh, Friends at all. (laughs) (laughs) You're dead forever. You're dead forever. Before the interview's even begun, I I hate you and you're dead. Yeah, Dimitri and I aren't friends. We've never sit down to a meal. Mm -hmm. We've never... He's never called me. Hey, did your Twitter following go up? Since you started this podcast? It hasn't gone live yet. But oh. by the time this goes live, this is the fourth one we've done, and then we'll go live just in case, you know, shit gets crazy and I can't sit down with my fave peeps mm. for a while. Mm-hmm. And then we have a backlog. You're stockpiling. Backlog. But then they're going to be less of the moment. Yeah, no, we're going to go. We're going to go soon. We're going to go live very, very soon. Reggie Watts, I'm trying to get to do the uh, theme song, and then we'll just go fucking live, bro. Mm-hmm. Do you know that he's done 3,000 theme songs yeah, this is, month is, alone? Is that not good? Should I not have him? I couldn't um, believe he texted me back, speaking of people that I, I texted him, and I looked at uh, our text history, and it was all me praising something he did and no reply which is totally <laughs> which is totally fine i don't i don't I, but it was like great job on conan i said one of them was so embarrassing it was like you were like a greek god but real which oh is so god. fucking weird and of course i know fucking weird i agree i didn't even feel like i wrote it i was like who wrote that i wrote it and he didn't no reply. wonder he didn't reply that's terrifying i'd, I'd reply to that of course you would you're dead <laughs> you know what's funny is uh is any sort of email signature like, uh, I remember, uh, it wasn't me, but it was someone else emailed uh, Gaffigan, who I love, and uh, someone wrote him, and they were like, great job on this or whatever, and he just wrote, thanks, which is totally fine. But then because it has an email signature, it said, thanks, Jim Gaffigan's new CD is available. You know, so it's like <laughs> the, the signature was like eight times as long as the uh, How reply. do you know this? You have access to his email, or that person was you? No, th- somebody told me that story. Oh. We were talking about email signatures. Mm. That happened with me and I think uh, Rob Hubel. I emailed him when he was on Curb mm-hmm. and he wrote back, thanks, which is fine. Right. I don't need a long reply. Mm-hmm. I like a reply. That's That was nice. And then some sort of 
like joke tag signature thing that was like much longer than mine should be you're a piece of shit my signature yeah so then he goes thanks you're a piece of shit (laughs) and don't ignore don't put in the gray font no acknowledgement that it's a joke you just want everyone to know you're a piece of shit no no it's the signature right (laughs) sometimes you can tell it's a signature because it's in like a different font yeah it would be in that different oh you'd want it to be in the different font Mm -hmm. okay all right any thoughts you know it's like you're really pushing for it to be in the same font well, yeah, because then it would look like there'd be a lot of you know what I <laughs> a wanted. Lot of confusion. To, I wanted to put if this email appears Kurt, I probably wrote it on my phone. I thought that would be helpful. You know what I mean? There's a different cadence to a to an email that you send from your phone. You is being used instead of you a lot. For example, my emails and texts and everything have gotten so like the kind of people I used to hate, like where I really do feel like I'm busy and I, I don't know how to give like long thoughtful replies to things anymore. You're, you're a big one word reply. Yeah. Person. Like sometimes I'm just like the letter K now. Yep. A lot. Nope. I know. <laughs> I, I'll write you what I consider a brilliant joke to start the day. I'm like, this is hilarious. And you'll be like, ha. Ah. But the thing is not really like sometimes you write stuff and I'll crack up, but I'll just like put my phone back in my right, bag right, afterwards right, right, right. and then just forget I never wrote anything nicky kroll a good friend of ours nick kroll uh he, he has the best email signature i've said yeah sent while driving yeah which that i was think good. is really really funny really yeah. super funny so what were we talking about what number friend you are of mine number when did four. we meet we met in new york well i'll tell you when i began to like you ah! this is very mark maron this is very mark maron why because you have beef with me no no because we're talking about first impressions but i think that south by southwest was the first time because i always just was like oh pete holmes good pete holmes but then well you know you thought friendly full of shit pete holmes well i I didn't think full of shit i just thought whatever like you know smiley whatever (laughs) and then south by southwest you were like viciously oh right (laughs) talking shit about people and i was like oh he has an interesting side i to remember him. that yeah mm-hmm. something about the old south by southwest that rock and roll attitude just seeped right yeah into <laughs> and i started being very aggressive yeah i remember that we you were wearing a leather coat <laughs> i, I my... remember you were on a motorcycle <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if you're remembering it correctly but i don't want to correct you had it jet black hair yeah that's it was me like kind of greased and slicked down you had a ton yeah. of tattoos which yeah and joe de rosa was in the sidecar Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it kind of makes it less badass that there is a sidecar, but I can't balance. <laughs> it's really more insulting to Joe DeRosa that yeah. he's in your sidecar yeah. when you're in this. Well, I think I was picturing Joe kind of as a badass kind of person. <laughs> he's kind of badass. Joe DeRosa? Yeah. Yeah. In a weird way. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah, sure. Whenever I hear his name, I think about Brendan Walsh was trying to get into hip hop music and rap and stuff. And he had asked me who to listen to, and I probably just didn't respond. <laughs> I forgot he texted me, and then he also wait contacted Joe DeRosa, and and he then Brendan IM'd or texted me, and he was like, "God, uh, you know, why won't anyone tell me good rap to listen to?" He's like, "Joe DeRosa was pretty tight lipped as well." Really? <laughs> and I was just like, I, for some reason, it was such a loserish <laughs> text. <laughs> Like a guy just trying to get info on the good rap music to listen to, and, and people being tight lipped. Yeah. Nobody wants to let him into the circle. Yeah. Well, that actually, uh, <laughs> no one the... will give him any tips or pointers. <laughs> 
<laughs> for me, it's because I'm out of touch. Like I, I would, would recommend like rap from the '90s. Like, oh wow, you love Eminem though. Check out Scarface. Um, I well now that I can you listen say to on, CDs, you, you say on stage that you want to marry Marshall Mathers. I did not say that on stage, unless you consider Twitter a stage. No, I heard you say it on stage at the improv. You went. Oh, it's a weird thing I? to hear from a girl who wants to marry Eminem. Oh, okay, that was an off. You know, it was off, that off was the an cuff. off the cuffer. You were freestyling like your boyfriend, <laughs> like <Eminem>. my idol. <laughs> I also love Eminem, which I don't think. Uh, do you well, love? Well, the thing is, I'm late to the game with Eminem because I initially I was like, yeah, he's good, but like it was recovery where I was like, oh, now I now I'm on board like way too like ten years too late. I'm like Eminem is great. Yeah. He has this one song, I don't Seduction. Have that That's on the new album. That's yeah. not on. Re- oh, that is on Recovery. I've been listening to that a lot. I love that song. You know what you that, know song that song's song? about? What? It's a battle between him and Jay Z. Is the rumor for a girl? Uh, hip hop is the girl. Yeah. In a lot of the songs, hip hop is the thing. Mm. Like uh, the song Twenty Five to Life" was one of my favorite songs. Uh, do you know that one? I'm gonna not know anything unless it's played for me oh god i'm not good at like i don't know song titles like for the other side yeah that's a good song (laughs) now this whole podcast is gonna have to be pulled (laughs) this is a copyright infringement sacrifices i have made maybe if this bitch had acted right i would have stayed it's different when i do it i love that song but then at the end he goes fuck you hip-hop and i was like i wanted to be your girlfriend i liked it when he rapped in that one song about how like his last album was kind of eh he said he says it twice actually yeah. he says my last that's uh what's it called oh god in heaven that's the single whatever the, oh not afraid yeah. he says my last cd was eh. yeah and another track he says my last two cds yeah fuck them they're in the trash is what he says <laughs> and those are the two cds i didn't listen to but him. this is why i do love him as i like that he's i feel like he is very vulnerable and oh yeah honest. yeah he he has songs i mean like he doesn't really uh I don't know. That's exactly what I respond to as well. I don't. I don't really see him as like an invincible super person, which a lot of hip hop is like. I can't be touched, and a lot of his stuff is that way. But then a lot of it is like, I'm afraid I'm drifting away from my daughter, or <laughs> whatever it is. You know what I mean? So I totally get that. But I don't know. He's also very angry. I think that's why. Maybe right. I would. I would guess that people don't think that I would listen to Eminem, but I love it. Well, I makes think me, that makes the me, secret, uh, the best kept secret about you is up. that you're just a well of rage. <laughs> <laughs> is that the right laugh to give that comment? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> super getting there. You're heating uh, up. Oh, Jesus. I don't have rage. Do I? No, we do talk shit. We enjoy talking shit. Is that what I don't saying? actually, I, uh, talking shit is kind of a lifelong battle for me. Like it's something I really want to stop doing. Like I, I feel like I talk shit about people that I love and it's like, you know, I came from a divorce family where everyone just talked shit about each other all yeah. the time. And I think I associate that with just like, yeah, I don't know what, like just that's how you interact. I think, I, I think it's, just, I don't think it's even talking shit as much as what we do is, is just having an opinion that you give quickly. But you know when so you're kind of crossing kind of, the line from having yeah. an opinion to kind of thriving on shitting on someone and like tearing them down. I don't think we do that that, that much. Do I we? try not to. We I don't. try not to. We don't. We I don't. I know. It's hard because it is funny. It's like if you're funny, you can do it in the funniest way yeah. possible. And it's so tempting. It's you know like someone something? just holding a piece of cake in front of you and you just right. want it. I say, I've probably said this to you many times. I go, I'm not saying this to be mean. If I was being mean, it would be much funnier. And then I say something <laughs> yeah. like, because I want them to know that there is this reserve of cruelty that I could use and it would be hilarious. That happens from time to time. Yeah. But it doesn't feel good. We were just talking about this, that it's better to be 
grateful and it's better to be positive for everybody. Yeah. Not in a phony way. But, but it's hard actually- because you don't want to be just a boring person. Like, I feel like I want to be able to have professional opinions about comedy and comedians. Like, I've been doing it for a long time. It makes sense that I would have strong opinions about things. But how right. do you do that without being, you know, I think the longer I do it, the more I have empathy for people where I'm like, oh, the work that goes into it, the pain that goes into yeah. it, all this stuff where I'm like, uh, let them just like do what they do and don't. Uh, yeah, because because they deserve respect just for being in the same just arena. Just because, yeah, I feel like we're all people. Sometimes out of nowhere, will email me some comedians' tweets and be like, "Look at this piece of shit." I know, and I'm just like, "What are you doing? Why are you introducing that?" We, we were talking. <laughs> Wait, who are you talking? Well, never mind. Who who is the person? No, that but they hate? I think everyone does that somewhat, right? Like Twitter is an interesting, but not thing. not a friend of mine, like somebody that I barely know, unsolicited, being like, "Check this out." I think Twitter. I was thinking about this the other day. is so interesting because I I think a lot of times it makes you hate people when you follow them because you're just like, Ugh, yeah, I, you, you're seeing. It's always like more transparent than people think. Like right. what like they're trying to show you about themselves yeah. or what they're revealing. Yeah. But then on the other hand, it's also made me like people that I didn't. That's interesting. You know, and I was trying to think, has it, what's the net result, you know, of, of Twitter? Is it, yeah. is it creating more love or more hate? Both you're saying. You know what I mean? <laughs> you're saying both though, because I think it's interesting because you're taking someone's temperature more frequently. I, people can see a little bit of us if they know what we're like at eight o'clock on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. And that'll be something that we can control and present to a certain extent. <laughs> be like, this is my comedy persona. Fuck off. But I tweet it like five in the morning when I can't sleep. And I tweet it like, you know, in the middle of the day when I thought of something. I know. I was thinking about how like entertainment is such a lonely thing. Like you're, there's so many times where you're kind of all by yourself, but you're working, but you have down downtime and it's just yeah. like twitter's the perfect media it really is medium for for actors and yeah. comedians who are on the road or shooting movies on oh, location God. or whatever it's like you're so lonely and nick Kroll was talking about how how people he you can see when someone's having a meltdown on twitter yeah. and now i'm always scared to overdo yeah. it because i'm like oh i'm showing that i'm alone right now or right. Oh, i'm showing that yeah you know, whatever no you see you see too many tweets too free and they all have a similar like skew and you're yeah. just like are you okay? Bro? Yeah. <laughs> Are you okay. I thought I thought this the other day. I, I tweeted. That's like the responses to tweets could break down into two things. Who cares? And are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And it's mostly who cares. Luckily, yeah. I thought though it's the perfect thing where like I tweet a lot of jokes that I would never make on stage, like uh, wordplay jokes. I did that. Did I show this to you, or did you see it? It was like the. Uh, Guys, I can get us a great deal on this spicy mustard if 15 of us agree to buy it. And the hashtag was Prupon. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a terrible joke. But I was like, I literally gave thanks that I live in a world where you I You gave can, thanks? I did. Uh-huh. Where I, I know. That's a good thing to <laughs> shine thanks, a light on. Give thanks, y'all. Because... <laughs> Gratitude, Get gratitude, thanks, y'all. gratitude. Get thanks. This nice performance. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Give it up right now. Oh Jesus! <laughs> but I did because in another reality, 1986, I would have thought of that joke and like I, I didn't mean to like tap into my joke persona as a dad, but that's a dad joke. That's like a corny yeah. joke. Yeah. That you'd say to your kids and they would groan. <laughs> and instead, I get to share it with thousands of people, and, and they, some of them love it. Yeah. And some of them hate it, sure, but like I don't really hear. It from is them. weird how Twitter allows for that kind of 
like uncle jokes. Like exactly, it kind of, it's like you get a pass for some yeah. of those on Twitter that because you would in, never say on stage because you don't want to look at people's faces after you say it. <laughs> but in writing, it's okay. Yeah. Suddenly, like all those like wordplay jokes are like passable because you can see the writing, and then you're like, okay, I get it. Right. But if you could explain, if you could go back into like my dad's hammiest years when he was making <laughs> jokes like that on road trips up to the Cape, you know what I mean? <laughs> He's if I could not be like, hammy anymore. You no, know, he's still hammy, but he was the hammiest when I was a kid because, you know, I, I was sillier myself. So, like, if I could tell my, my dad in 1986, like, hey, dad, in the future, when I think of jokes like that, I'm going to have an audience of, like, tw- almost 20,000 people that I can tell. And that would blow your mind because people love to have their stupid jokes heard and responded to, I think. And maybe by the time this podcast goes up on the internet, you'll have more than 20,000 followers. Oh, that's true, bro. Just throwing that out there. I don't know. Throw me a couple of follow friends. Let's make a prediction. Let's make a prediction of yeah. where you'll be at when that's this so hits the net. Well, we'll be three episodes deep. Right. I'm at about 15.5. You are? Or 16.5. Oh, you really rounded up. <laughs> I know. I really did. Yeah, I, I'm shooting big. I'm putting out my vision board. You're dead. I remember I asked you one time very sincerely, I said... Why do you have so many followers? Do you remember that? I was like, look, I think you're great on Twitter, but you, how many do you have? I don't know. I think like 55,000. Yeah, that's just way too many. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand at all. We've done similar TV things. But then you know what? Your Wikipedia page, which is what I do sometimes to research for this, is that like is really well manicured really well taken care of did you do that no you should look at it it's fantastic there are things that you've done that i've also done that are on yours that aren't on mine you know what what? i mean uh the variety's top 10 comics Um, watch is on yours with sources who puts these your fans that's because you're abroad Fuck you. People want to fuck Maybe you, Maybe it's because I'm fucking funny, dude. No, I know. I'm teasing. That's so fucked up. You're like, I have 15,000 followers because you're a girl. No, no, no. no that's not what I meant. Get your shit together. <laughs> Step your Twitter game up. <laughs> no, you're my favorite Twitter ever. That's absolutely true. <laughs> backtrack. That No, if this is the backtrack. I think that you couldn't find a more motivated fan base than internet nerds who do find you sexually attractive. That's what I was saying, and I don't well, back away from that. Really at all. managed to degrade my comedy You're welcome. beyond want- what I ever would have anticipated. Do you want an autograph? What an honor. I can autograph this for you. Uh no, thank you. There you go. <laughs> I'll give that to you after the show. Hold on to it. I'll I'll get it later. I'll pick it up later. I wasn't I, I- I wasn't going to make you feel weird. We made it weird because you're a girl. You made it weird. You should call it I made this. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. I did. Come on. Listen to me. Every time you tweet something Uh that says like me and Pete Holmes are at brunch, I get negative fucking replies (laughs) that are like, get away from my lady and shit. Like, that's what I'm talking about. And I stand by that. I don't back away from that comment at all. If I say I'm going to lunch with Chelsea Pretty, nobody's like, but Pete, my pussy belongs to you. I don't, get, I don't get that at all. So fuck you forever. I'm right. And that is the first weird thing is you're a pretty lady. And, I don't, and I'm, this is not the, we've all had this conversation a million times. You're a girl in comedy. What's that like? You're a pretty lady. Why are you a comedian? That's the first weird thing. Well, Did you wear an here's eye, what I'll say an, to you. We were just patch? at brunch and we were talking about how like one negative comment on Twitter and you fixate on that over it, maybe a hundred people say something nice. Same like if you're performing and you're in a crowd and everyone's laughing but one person and you fixate on the person who's not laughing. Yeah. Likewise, people maybe say that I'm pretty or compliment my appearance on Twitter, but there's also many people who viciously attack it, and that's what I hear. I don't, yeah, like I don't consider myself yeah, a you, pretty girl. I, yeah, but, I, that's not a identity that I hold 
I um, think you are pretty in a world of civilians, but in a world of comedians, it's like you, Sarah. I mean, like Whitney. Who? I mean, there's there's very few, and it takes years to fi- kind of like grow them. I j- I mean, like for a comedian. It's unbelievable for a regular person. Good looking, like a good looking person. It's just never been my identity. I've never walked around like I look at girls who are pretty, and that's their identity. And they've walked around and been told they're pretty their whole lives, right? And like their boyfriends probably sit there and go, "God, what a beautiful doll face you right. have, and you're you're so pretty, and what a what a little you know but whatever." You- I, that's not been my experience in the world. I've always felt weird. I've always felt different. I've always felt like. You know, um, people have complimented me on being smart or, or I felt like I could protect myself by being funny. But I, my experience of myself is not that I'm pretty. So I appreciate that you're saying that. Yeah. But I don't, I, that's not how but I But your sense myself. of humor belongs in the body of like a round, four foot two woman with a beard and like an eye, <laughs> and an eye patch. The guy who created Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. Is that who created Game of Thrones? Yes. If you Google image him, I forget his name, but he like wears a sailor's cap and he's, he's like three fourths of his face is facial hair and eyebrows. And, and that as a woman is your sense of humor. <laughs> That's my inner, inner spirit. They said it on 30 Rock. Uh, Alec Baldwin said to um, Tina Fey, he was like, I don't know what dysfunction made you a comedian if it was some sort of corrective boot, which I thought was really, really funny. You don't have a corrective boot. What were you def- what were you protecting? Is it just because um, you're a dude and you have an overactive brain like the rest of us? Well, we've about that. I really do. I, it's so weird because I've always thought about that. I have so much angst. And then I'm like, why? Like what my parents were kind of annoying sometimes. <laughs> like, I don't know why I'm I skew darker and neurotic and angsty. But I do think that just like. I largely think that it's a, you know, divorce, child of divorce. They divorced when I was one and it just wasn't a peaceful thing. It was literally, you know, to this day, we don't spend holidays together and, and it's, uh, always a choice between two people and it's always right. like this search for a magical solution. And, you know, in many ways, I didn't, I think, you know, feel like I had a voice in, in those things. So right. I think that that's interesting. I, I think that. You know, you want someone to listen to you, and you That's don't so feel funny. listened to. I just said that to someone else, and I don't, I don't, I don't remember who the, who I said it to or, or how they responded, but I didn't get the reaction I was expecting. One of the reasons I do stand up is absolutely to be listened to. Yeah, like there's probably healthier ways to achieve that. Yeah, but that's I think like I definitely think any comedian you talk to, if you talk to them for like, you know, maybe it's an hour, maybe it's a week, but eventually you find that weird black hole that caused them to do stand up. Like, <laughs> I just don't think there's anyone who's super well adjusted, and and frequently when they're you know this is cliched but the more well-adjusted someone seems like frequently i don't find them as funny that's interesting well we that actually kind of merges into the second thing is is uh that i want to talk to you about not necessarily a weird thing is dating people who aren't comedians this is something that we talk about frequently in the cash in Mm -hmm. the casual Mm -hmm. sense but i'm fascinated with it i asked dimitri about it i asked tj about it camille about it i'm really interested in the idea i thought sarah silverman i asked her recently if she said this and she was like no i didn't say that (laughs) i was like really disappointed she but what i thought she said was a comedian dating a non-comedian is like a lesbian dating a man which is a pretty interesting quote that she didn't say. Well, yeah, I can't imagine her saying that. I don't. Well, she yeah. doesn't. She dates musicians and She'll stuff, date, right? She does. I don't know. I'm I'm guessing uh, other creative types. I, I don't. You know where I got that is? Musicians. I just know she hangs out with a lot of musicians. I, I don't know. Uh, I have no. Yeah, basis I don't know for what saying you're talking that. about. But I'll talk about myself because I I don't want to answer yeah. for her. But I I feel like um, 
I feel like it's like there's I've always been like I don't really want to date a comedian and I have um and there's total pluses to it and there's also minuses obviously our schedules are weird yeah and you know part of what I kind of hate about being a comedian is that you know there's never a time you shouldn't be doing stand-up and we've talked about this but it's like holidays I feel like you should should still be on stage (laughs) weekends you should be on stage like nights you should be on stage so it's like all the times where I probably if I was in love with someone would want to spend romantic time with them I would be interrupted or completely destroyed by having to go do a show, right. which to me is a very different mindset. Yeah. You know? I remember I, w- I would bring a girlfriend home when I dated a comedian. Uh, we would go home to my house for like Christmas or something. And I, it used to really, really do it for me. And I would feel so much love for her when we would like have dinner with my family. Mm-hmm. And then I would drive her to a show. I didn't even have a show. She yeah. wanted to do a show. And I was like, oh my God, this is where it's at. I, and, and then, of course, you know, that, that didn't work in the long run for other reasons i don't know if they were comedy related but like we i just like i i like the idea of someone who maybe is like i'm not a musician i lately i've been thinking maybe a writer would be good like someone who kind of gets the world that i'm in but isn't like super like i feel like you know actors and comedians and people like that are just so fraught with um like attention issues they need constant attention and and it's like well, writers, though, that seems really dark for me. I remember when, mm. was it Owen Wilson that almost died? Like, there was like yeah. a suicide scare. And everybody was like, that's out of nowhere. And I remember a lot of people were going, well, he is a writer. You know what I mean? And that, because he wrote uh, Bottle Rocket or whatever. Mm. And I remember that being like, it's interesting if there is a profession like dentist or whatever, uh, that you're kind of like, yeah, they're kind of fucked up. They might want to kill themselves. Dentist? Yeah, dentist. <laughs> the Hi. darkest dentist. Ah, that'd be not, a great sketch. I believe that's the. He's so dark. Like the music he plays is instead of like being Muzak, it's like really dark. <laughs> he like, plays Marilyn Manson. Yeah. Get in the black lit room. Maya Angelou poems. <laughs> Read backwards <laughs> to demotify him. <laughs> That's, uh, I guess she's not dark. I don't know what I'm saying. Well, yeah, I would have she's to play. more inspirational. Yeah. She has no idea why the cage bird says. Nina Simone. Yeah. Nina Simone. Yeah. I kind of, I've blended them into one person. Yeah. <laughs> very, very, very racist. I don't think it is. No. I do that a lot. Uh, Anne Frank and Helen Keller are the same person in my brain. Interesting. <laughs> That's a joke. <laughs> it's just because they wear similar dresses. And like they whenever were, and they were from the olden days. They were, they were from the days that I call olden. Black and white, some sort of like doily around the neck of the dress. Dolly Parton and, they and Zaza Gabor. Yes. Same person. Excellent. <laughs> David Navarro and the drummer from Blink 182. <laughs> Literally, probably no one on board with this game that we're playing <laughs> we talked about m&m for 20 minutes there's someone right now just listening to this going no they're different people <laughs> well, i don't get it david navarro is a big fan of the show so he's really probably, i'm probably gonna that hasn't aired this. yet <laughs> yeah he's, he comes and he puts his ear to the class <laughs> is it david or dave navarro dave. i've been saying david like his father david david navarro you get down here this instant <laughs> fuck you mom <laughs> yeah. all right that's it i'm taking away your guitars <laughs> Uh, he's he has a weird Hello Kitty fetish. What? Like his bedroom is all Hello Kitty stuff. Really? If you went into a guy's God, bedroom and it was all so Hello weird. Kitty. I, I, I just want like that's the thing. I mean to bring it back to, to your dating, topic, dating. I do feel like some people. I don't. I don't know what normal is, but I would like someone a little more grounded. Yeah. What's it? Maria Bamford's always talking about that once. Once like a regular uh, person. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really interesting. I don't know if I want a regular person. In fact, based on my behavior, I don't seem to want a regular person. I want someone, 
I've I've spent so much of my life conditioning myself to have it be normal that I go out on a Sunday night and I leave the house at nine o'clock to do a show in Santa Monica for free. You know what I mean? It's like that. I've I've tried very hard to make that normal because when I started doing it, it wasn't normal. So to bring someone into my life that thinks that's fucking weird, it does it doesn't. That's why I always go to, uh, to Emily and Kumail. Emily is in comedy interested in comedy is very very funny is a funny writer is a funny uh, blogger all that sort of stuff but isn't necessarily a comedian i find that very appealing it seems to work for Mm -hmm. them Mm -hmm. but she's into comedy she goes to his shows they're on the road right now and she went with him it's like mavis leno yeah like he'd bring her with him on the road all the time and part of me is so appealing again this girl that i dated was jamie lee a very very funny comedian now we're very good friends she used to open for me it was it was a dream We'd go to a college, so I'd have someone in the car. We're having fun. We're like going to the weird hotel together and enjoying and being like, isn't this ghetto and horrible? And then we'd go to the show and she'd open for me. What's better than that? It was the best. Mm, That sounds horrible to me. I've never like worked, like gone on shows with anyone I've dated. And like, I kind of like to keep it separate. Like, well, that sounds like boundaries and I don't have boundaries. Yeah, right. And eventually I think that infected things and and was bothering me in a way that I didn't share eventually. Yeah, like when I'm in work mode, I don't feel like it's a romantic place that I'm in. Like when I'm going to do a show, I'm not in a canoodling mood. I'm in a like, okay, let me go fucking do this. Yeah, I was like, it's not. I can't. No, I understand that exactly. I don't. I don't want to. Yeah, you're right. How did I do that? Some, but sometimes there's there's a benefit to shutting it out of your brain that you're going to do a show. I was doing a lot of shows at the time. Mm -hmm. If I haven't done an hour in a while. Yeah, it's going to be a pretty quiet car ride with old <laughs> Petey. Yeah, I'm going to be tuning out and I'm going to almost kill us in the car because I'm riding on my hand. Uh-huh. But if I'm in a place where I'm doing an hour, like four or five nights in a row, who cares? Let's have some laughs and listen to a yeah. Dave Barry book on tape. Mm, I just whoa. made that up. I just made, I just made that up. We didn't do that. Okay. So you're saying TJ, to reference another guest and friend, is uh, he he was always like, you need somebody that understands what it's like to be obsessed with their work. So he always says like a surgeon, like somebody that understands like it's 3 a.m. I got to go take this thing out of someone's brain or whatever. Hmm. It's weird that it was TJ. Uh, But you know what I mean? Like in the sense that we're kind of like, I know we have plans. In fact, Jamie Lee and I are now uh, friends and we were going to go to a concert and she booked a date and the tickets were expensive. And she was like, I just booked this uh, date. And it's a big deal. I'm featuring and I really want to do it. It didn't bother me at all. I was just kind of like, we have an understanding. But you still talked about it nonstop since. Yeah, that's not true. I never told you about that. I never told you about that. I did? Yes. Fuck you forever. You are the worst. You are the worst friend. Didn't bother me at all. I I love love that she did that. I talk about it every day. (laughs) That is not true. We talked about it probably right when it happened. And I guarantee I framed it the same way that I was like. And that's what's making me think where there's smoke, there's fire. You are the worst. Well, you're like I'm totally fine with it. I'm totally fine with it. I really I'm totally was. Fine with it. I really am. I'm not gay. I'm not gay. I'm not gay. <laughs> uh, you can't relate to that. That has to appeal to you. Is like uh, someone who loves their work. No, no. Someone. Uh, if you were dating somebody and then you got a gig and it was really important to you and you canceled some dinner that they had a reservation. The truth at, like, of the Yale. matter is, what's unfortunate is that when I really like somebody. I just want to like go retreat from the world with them. Like it's not, sure. it's not a, a logical or functional 
probably instinct, but I'm just like, let's go to the mountains. Yeah. <laughs> Grab a softest blanket you can find and let's go run off to the mountains yeah. and disappear. Like, no, I'm, I'm exactly the same way. Yeah. Actually. So to me, it's like, I want to cancel everything. It's like, I already am somewhat wired that way where I'm like, oh, I just want to be on my couch with my blanket and my laptop. Yeah. And just like, you know, uh, divorced from the world or whatever. And, yeah. And, uh, well, it's kind of hot and cold. We're either like extremely connected to a large group of people simultaneously, and mm-hmm. that's a very social experience, even though exhausting, it's just you. Yeah. It's exhausting. Or we're at home, and I'm speaking for both of us because it sounds like we're the same. We're at home like downloading a book onto your Kindle and being like, <laughs> I'm going to light a candle. I'm a man, but I'm going to light a candle. I don't have any candles. But if I had some, I'd light them. I don't have a Kindle. So <laughs> you should, should get we the, you shit should, can that scenario? You should scenario? get the Amazon candle. It holds thousands of candles. It's a candle and a Kindle all in yeah, one. But it holds tens of thousands of candles. Um, I, I made a very similar joke on Twitter about the Amazon bindle. How'd it go over? It, well, How many RTs, man? No. No. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember any RTs. Um, no, I go through phases where I'm like more social or less social. Me you too. know, like, I, did you take Myers Briggs? Who now? The Myers Briggs test. It's a personality test. Oh, no, I'd love to. And like when I took it, it was so interesting to me because I was like, I would think of myself as very emotional, but I was right between thinking and feeling. Like it's a spectrum of thinking huh. to feeling. And also extrovert, I was just slightly more extroverted than I was introverted. Like all hmm. these things, like I think that's the key to all my mental issues is like I'm on the middle of all these things. So it's like yeah. I'm always torn. Do I go out or do I stay in? Do, oh, I, yeah. do I go with my heart or do I go with my head? You yeah, know, like, yeah, yeah. And so... I no, think- I'm very similar. The problem, maybe, do you run into this, is I find... Like, I'll go to a party and I'll be the life of the party. That'll happen. People literally use the phrase, you... Never seen it. Yeah. Because you see... You, I think you actually see the three dimensions in me. But if I'm going I out... That you were like, people will say the phrase, you're the life of the party. Well, that was bizarre. That's what you are about to say. I did that, Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with that? I find that bizarre because when I heard that, I was like, I don't think of myself that way. But yeah. I put this, this is what I'm asking you. I put this pressure on myself to when I'm out to be this kind of like energy that's helping people have more fun. Uh-huh. I'm fun. I'm interesting. I make you fun. I make you interesting. This is better because I'm here. And I'm trying to get some sort of centrifuge going, some sort of momentum, like some sort of enthusiasm. And then there are nights where I'm just like, I can't do that at mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. And that's the, and that's the me that you get when we go out and I'm just like fuck everything i can't i fuck everything forever you know what i mean so what i'm asking punctuated is, by a piercing 10 minute laugh <laughs> <laughs> you're dead forever forever that's you even at your yeah. like most yeah. morose still bubbling <laughs> <laughs> the look you gave me just at this brunch small restaurant <laughs> i i laughed very very transylvanian and loud and you gave me a look that was very unflattering it was very sad yeah. Do you not go out though because you don't want to? You feel that pressure too, or is it anxiety? Uh, I don't feel the pressure that to be the life of the party, but I just I feel like frequently at social situations, I'm either kind of on or I'm off, and like if I'm off, I just. I can't have a conversation with any. I'll just be like, I'm tired. Yeah. Well, and you have a lot like, of oh, bits cool. about this. Oh, cool. Have a great night being tired. You yeah. know, like I'll just say downery, complainery things, and yeah. like, or I'll just like make like n- have no c- ability to make conversation with right. someone. I'll right. just be like, it, it, I've had such tortured things, and then other nights I'll feel really like, like oh, everyone's cool, and I'm laughing, and I feel comfortable, and I can ask right. someone a question about themselves like a normal person would right. do, and. I think, uh, I don't know if this applies, but I feel like that dichotomy 
is an artistic dilemma. I believe it was F. Scott Fitzgerald who said that an artist is someone who believes two things that are, are opposing simultaneously. Oh, I think about uh-huh. that all the time. Yeah, and good. I simultaneously believe that I'm uh, this like positive for it and also have nothing to say. Like that's pulling me in both directions. Yeah. I've noticed that about you too. And that, that actually makes you more real to me. Has there ever been times when you've been in, in my car and you won't stop hum whistling? Actually, <laughs> you were driving, which made it a concern because you realized it was funnier to look at oh, me. Oh, you mean... <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) This for like 45 minutes. And I'm literally. It's very soothing. And you do, and you make eye contact out while you're driving. (laughs) And it was very, it was very dangerous. And I've been with you when you're like that. And then I've been with you when I feel like you are the girl in your bits where you're like, when people walk by me in a party, this is your joke. They feel like they have the same feeling as if they walk through a warm spot in a pool. Mm-hmm. And I totally get that too. But you're both of those things. Yeah. I know for a fact that you've been at parties and, and been like a complete extroverted delight. And cut up. A real just a cut real up. life of the party. People uh-huh. are literally, people were literally. People are high-fiving me and then they look me dead in my <laughs> eyes and they're like, hey, hey man, you're the life of the party. <laughs> you know, I just tried to share with you and you're really <laughs> whack-a-moling my and honesty. someone else was like, hey, I don't, I don't want to interrupt, but were you just telling her she's the life of the party? <laughs> the life of this party <laughs> i'm like gonna that's, that's how you see your on nights <laughs> i'm gonna regret that for a long time you know a lot of people tell me i'm the life of the no party. <laughs> i didn't say that i said literally i i was shocked when they said it pete holmes 2011 life of the party that should oh kyle canane's album death of the party better comedic angle yes uh, well so you have two opposing beliefs but you're, you're the kind of person that uh we've talked about this you want to retreat to the mountains almost like for a, a living, like you'd love to just like escape into Sweden or something. Not Sweden, God. Sweden is a lovely. You're place. forgetting how ethnic I am. Uh, I, I would Italy. I, I don't know what mountains. I think they'd be in the U.S. I, I would like to Montana. just like go to like you know North Carolina or something. And but I think that's like Zach uh, uh, Galifianakis and Chappelle both have like their fuck you show business farms. Yes. See, that's an artist. <laughs> they believe in two. You look. I know we both know Zach, and Zach is like. He is like kind of got that fuck show business thing, but he's in show business and he's doing quite well in it. I believe those are probably two opposing beliefs that he has. Right. He's good at, he must be good at auditioning. He's good at performing. He must be decent at meeting people. But I don't think about that. I only think of the other side of him. But he's, you don't get that far without being at least okay at being hilarious on command at some weird sushi lunch. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm saying... You have to have a little of each. You have a little of each, too. You're playing the game, but also I'll have uh, conversations with you where you're like, I just kind of want to fucking hang it up. Yeah. Which is fine. I'm glad you don't. (laughs) I'm glad you don't, bro. Mm -hmm. So you grew up in Oakland? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Is that true? Yeah. I was thinking about that when you were talking about hip hop. Oh, yeah. Did you you go to an all-black school? Uh, My junior high school was predominantly black kids. and didn't moshe Kasher, our friend yeah also we grow both up? we went to the same junior high school and his brother also went to high school with me yeah um what, but, was, what was that like did i hear a rumor that you used to be pretty hip-hopty pretty <laughs> hip-hopty yeah i mean i used to have like a split level haircut like mc light no know? yeah and i had like gold earrings and hoop fa- earrings fake nails mm-hmm um, what did we call those? Hoochie, dolphins, hoochie earrings. Dolphins or something. Really? Anyway, yeah, I was very much so that kind of a thing going on, especially eighth grade. Um, oh my God. And then my mom promptly put me into like a, a white, very white private school for high school. So 
to get the MC light off of you. Yeah. And it worked. Yeah. I mean, you know, here I am today. Right. A white person. <laughs> there, are, there's remnants of it. Uh, there's that photo of you online of you skateboarding, which I think is hilarious. Well, that was just a that was a, but that a thing like I a did throwback. later in New York. No skateboarding. Skateboarding. You're wearing like a, you're wearing like a kind of a like a hip hop. I guess it's not hat. anymore now with like Tyler oh, yeah. the Creator and all that. But no, I mean that was just like a joke thing. Um, God, now I can't remember what that was for, but this photographer, Evan Sung, did it. And I was like dressed like a skater. And then all these other people were dressed like skaters. And I took all these pictures and pretended I used to be a skater. Yeah. But I can't remember what it was for. But it was, uh, I love that I have those photos now. Oh, no, they're really, really, really funny. Yeah. Should I tell you another weird thing about you? Sure. You wrote something for Playgirl? Yeah. What was that? <laughs> What's going on there? Um, I had something in Cosmo Girl. That's actually what true. What was it? I drew a cartoon. Of your penis. I, I hid my penis in the drawing so they would publish it. Yeah. So gr- little girls would look at it and not be sure why they were feeling what they felt. Revulsion. <laughs> Too real. Oh, revulsion, because it's my penis. Right. Fuck. You got it. <laughs> you got it. It was a cartoon. I drew a cartoon for Cosmo Girl, and it was a girl talking to a snowman on the beach, and she was saying, I'm sorry, this isn't going to work out. I love the beach, and, well, you're a snowman. It was for their Christmas issue. You try and write a cartoon that a 12-year-old girl will like. No, that's good. It's okay. Did you get some pause feedback? Actually, no. Dece PJ? <laughs> <laughs> that's something uh, Chelsea texted me. She wrote, I just parked my car and said out loud to myself, that was a Dece PJ. <laughs> Dece PJ. And I literally we did minutes. say that out loud in my car alone. I talked to myself so much. Yeah, me too. It's crazy. I say a line on stage where I say, I talk to myself as much as you guys do. Whatever you guys do, that's how much I do it. Because I do it a lot, but I don't want to sound like a weirdo. Oh, right, right, I right. do. I, but I mean, like, when I was a kid, I used to think I was on TV. I used to think that was like one of my uh, boredom coping mechanisms. I was like, I'm on television. Someone's watching me all the time. And I like talk to myself and would like narrate things. It's a little bizarre. You're making a face that really <laughs> makes me feel unsafe for sure. That was that. one of those sentences where you're really showing your hand. Ah, <laughs> that's my Twitter meltdown. What was the movie King of Comedy or whatever? You sound like that pumpkin, Ru- Rupert. Uh, like De Niro? Whatever, yeah. No, it's like an imaginary friend, but there's, it's just you. Right, that movie. You're dead. You're dead. <laughs> you're, making me, you're dead. You're making me so uncomfortable you for sure. have a theme thing that's you're dead. Get Reggie to do that. You're dead. And we have you're a button. You're <laughs> But you're the only person that I say you're dead to. Really? Yeah. What an honor. Brandon Walsh. Uh, Brandon Walsh. Brandon. Uh, I, called, <laughs> I always call him Brandon. Brandon Walsh. He hates that. I, I had know. Him at Sword. I met him at the Montreal Comedy Festival, and I had him saved in my phone as Brandon Montreal. And he was oh. like, Oh, God, that's the worst. His name is Brendan Walsh. He's a friend of ours, and he's very, very funny. What were we saying? I don't know. What, you were. Yeah, what was it? What were you saying just then? Why did I bring this up? Oh, oh he texted me um, something about like, hey, fuck your mom or something. Something that Brendan something would... Something classic. Something cla- classic Walsh. Yeah. And then I just wrote something that I write to you all the time. I wrote dead. Yeah. 
just meaning your dad. Oh, he thought and he your thought mom I was meant dead. my mom was dead, and he sent me like seven consecutive. <gasps> I'm so sorry. Yeah, texts. that is my worst. Like I get, <laughs> I stop myself from doing dumb. Like, like I say your mom jokes like people do. That's what she said. Like I right, still, I'm right. like, I think. Well, it's, we did that today. We were hanging out today, and there was a yeah. woman, uh, like a gross kind of woman with a weird laugh, and I said your mom has a weird laugh. Right. You're always kind of taking but a chance. But it's always yeah. It's you're really rolling the dice because it could be like that answer of my mom's been dead for ten years. <laughs> yep. You yep. Know? Yeah. Or, or or this is the anniversary died. of her death or, or whatever. <laughs> or today's yesterday. actually her birthday. She would have been yeah. 72. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we do, that, we do that all the time when we were driving through that Orthodox neighborhood. And I said, is that your family? Oh, yeah. That was so funny. I, we, me and uh, Pete and Nick Kroll. Yeah, and we're really I, giving Nick Kroll and Brennan Walsh a lot of I time. know. This is starting to piss me off. A lot of lip service. Yeah. Like we drove by the family with uh, like the fur hats and the, yeah. everything. The oh, my God. And then they came up to each other. And it was such a privilege to be in the car. You and Nick Kroll. <laughs> Our windows are up. Did like voiceover for, for a fucking yeah, orthodox, like, two hey, orthodox hey, Jewish yeah. families. Hey, you like your hat? Yeah. yeah, you like your hat? Where'd you get that, man? Oh, it's a nice hat. We're doing like their whole dumb conversation it was, was just all about hats. Oh, man, I'm so hot. I know, it's these jackets. <laughs> and Pete was beside himself, elated that he could get two Jews to co sign on yep. his Jew hating. I did. I got to guilt free yeah. anti Semitism just for five minutes. But all. It seems like all Jews are kind of weird about the super Orthodox Jews. Yeah, well, I, I just all... have no understanding of it. You know, I don't really know what it, it's all about. But some of the traditions, you know, to there's me some, are very extreme. There's some me. good movies about it. Some decent. Well, Joe, Joe Manny sent me one. He's a Jew. What, what movie what did he send you? I don't remember what it's called. It's like, hey, look at these Jewish weirdos, I think is what it's called. It's on, <laughs> it's on IFC. Yeah. That sounds great. Hey, look at these Jewish weirdos. Netflix it. It's on, it's on streaming. If you type that in, it's probably going to come up. I'm, I'm too mad at Netflix. Why? Because uh, of their price raise and all the way they did everything. I hate that business. I saw that on Twitter. I don't understand that at yeah. all. I, I actually weirdly don't use Netflix. I'm very behind in technology. As much as I'm obsessed with it, I... I am slow to adopt all technology. I still have really? a BlackBerry. I don't do Netflix. The BlackBerry is still a couple notches above most people's phones. Really? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I guess like... I mean, I guess could... people have the iTelephone. Is that what you mean? It would be yeah. better to have an iTelephone? Mm-hmm. Spotify? Don't. I just did a it. college in Massachusetts, Framingham, Brag. and I I got paid well. And Brag. I, <laughs> and I uh, referenced Spotify, which is this new thing. I headline all over the country. Brag. <laughs> it is a brag. Brag. I'm always bigging you up. Let's talk about that. That's more interesting to me. Wait, no, finish this though. Oh. You don't remember? Spotify. It's uh, like iTunes, but you have every song. But I, why did I, that I have to it. do with you going to that college? Oh, I said it on stage thinking these kids are 19, 20. Of course right. they know what Spotify is. And right. I had this weird moment where I was like, no, I hang out with like techno weirdos. Yeah. And like also a lot of people aren't on Twitter. Like to me, yeah. it feels like no, they're everyone's not on, Twitter. on Twitter. But I was talking to this 14 year old kid and he was like, yeah, none of my friends are on no, Twitter. No, no. And we made sweet, tender love. To a 14 year old? Yeah, girl. Really? Yeah, you got to try it. It's his, so tiny, <laughs> his tiny 14 dick? Mm-hmm. The 14 year old? Mm-hmm. Like, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, Peter. Yes, Pietro. <laughs> what the fuck is happening? <laughs> Piotr. I always think of your name in the Russian spelling. I call you Pernetti because I like to think of you as a as a lieutenant that, that drinks <laughs> alone in her car. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to two insane people just <laughs> confessing how we think of each yeah, other. Two blathering <laughs> insane people. I can bring focus. I have notes. Play. Oh, what did you write for Playgirl? 
Oh, right. Guys, right. your dick size don't matter. Pernetti. No, opposite. Oppies. Ops. Ops. Psyops. Psyops. What did we say about the spinach? Oh. <laughs> Take it for a spin. I was eating spin spinach class. and I go, spin classes in session. <laughs> Sit and spin. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Little glimpse into what brunch it's like. Riffs, brunch riffs. Brunch riffs. <laughs> the Always. podcast. Um, Recapping brunch riffs. Yeah, that's with Pete all and we've Chelsea. done so far. Yesterday at brunch, we riffed on some juice. Today, we riffed on spinach. See you next week at brunch riffs. <laughs> Recapping riffs. You wish you were there. You couldn't have been unless you were in my car. Here's what we did. Okay, here's you wrote, what I wrote for Playgirl. For Playgirl. Okay, Guys, for shave Playgirl. your shavers. What? Shave I your. Wrote. Amy. Shave your balls. <laughs> Is that what you said? <laughs> no, I wrote one uh, one episode. I wrote one uh, article, spec. whatever, spec. a spec script um, <laughs> for Playgirl. I wrote a spec magazine. <laughs> I wrote a spec billboard. Um, no, I wrote about um, dating like a man. Oh. That was one. Ooh, spicy. And the was, other was about um, sleeping with a cowboy. I had a one night stand with an actual cowboy and I wrote about that experience. Really? It was, yeah, it was a rebound after a breakup, and it was pretty amazing. Did he lasso you? Lasso? Lasso. Hmm. It's a sex move. Um, <laughs> uh, he might have. He might have. He you very had well might have. Can we ruin the, the... I'm sure most of the listeners have read the Playgirl Right, article. right. You had a one night stand with a cowboy? Mm-hmm. I wish I had. That would have been good research. What was that about? Where Where were you? Uh, well, uh, where was I? I was somewhere in California. Like, I don't remember where. Uh, California, you know, Somewhere in Northern California, we drove to a rodeo, me and my friend from junior high school. And... Uh, and we went she was into rodeo we used to like think we were black together in junior high school and then she's like now i'm into rodeo this is the new group that that i'm idealizing so we went to a rodeo and like this guy was a steer wrestler from cheyenne wyoming and like you know the rodeo was pretty intoxicating it was like all these like ripped guys just (laughs) wrestling beasts in (laughs) in the dust you know it was pretty <laughs> I definitely forgot about the old extra Rooney. <laughs> Ladies, you want to get over your ex, go, go to a rodeo. rodeo. With pink dust on their hard, hard packs. Pink dust. <laughs> I'm picturing Red pink dust. Dirt. Um, <laughs> anyway, then there was like an after party to the rodeo, which I was like, what? There's like a velvet rope aspect to the rodeo, who knew? <laughs> and uh we go in there and um this guy sidled up to me. Uh, was that in the article? <laughs> Who knows? I can't remember, but probably it should have been if it wasn't. He sidled up to you. He sidled up to me. And at the time I wore jeans that had rips in the knees and he was like, wear or tear. Is that wear or tear? And I was like, I don't know what that means, but let's do it. Was ah, um, That's but, all it took? And then he wanted to know if there were no, store he torn. Was so beautiful. He had like a, like, pouty mouth you know i really like lips he had nice lips and uh pouty yeah pouty cowboy like brad pitt kind of like you know like the he's always licking his lips mm. you ever notice that so is ray j mm. a lot of the greats have that in common <laughs> so he came up and was that the first thing he said he said wear or tear 
uh, yeah, talking about my my uh, jeans, and then I, I can't remember if that's the first thing he said. But anyway, we had a couple beers, and his friend was talking to my friend, and then like, I mean, I never have one night stands; it's not really in my character. But this was one of them, and and we went home with these guys, and I mean. <laughs> Now that I think about that, I'm like, you, that could have been the end of my life. That night could have been it. They like, could have killed you. We were just you, in the middle of fucking nowhere, like going home with two rodeo guys. Yeah. And uh, but they had those dates coming up. They had to wrestle those cows in fucking they had Montana. A lot. Yeah, they had a lot on their plate. Well, yeah. That didn't mean they couldn't kill a couple girls and yeah, keep them moving. It's a mental game. It's a mental game. They're thinking <laughs> yeah, of murdering you. Yeah, it's too distracting when you're in the ring with a bull. Yeah. This is getting very penthouse forum. Yeah, I know it's too much. And this, and then and I'm like, in my head, I'm like, and this is why people write me insane shit on the internet. Yeah. It's like these kinds of stories. But anyway, whatever. The point being, it was, it was just a, it was this. I wrote about it for the thing, but it, it was funny. And I, I have told this story on like storytelling shows or whatever, uh-huh. you know, of of this experience. And is that the end? No. But am I supposed to do this whole thing? No, you don't. No, 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 bit. no. We do whatever we want. Did he do something weird? Like, did he come in his hat or something? Ew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to cowboy. He came a very small amount in each of his boots. <laughs> and, then he, and, then goes, and then he walked off. <laughs> oh. And then he looked at you and goes, that'll kill any scorpions that are hiding in my boots. <laughs> yes. That's what he said. That sentence. <laughs> What's it feel like to be the absolute worst? <laughs> Amazing. Oh, that was actually my first weird thing. Is you're that nicer question. than your persona? That was yeah. my first weird thing. Yeah, I, I've I've it's had, like I've had people thing. be surprised that I'm a nice person. I'm like, well, what am I going to do on stage? Give everyone like cookies and talk about how beautiful the world is? It's works, like, I mean, I. Uh, you're <laughs> the worst. Joking. Who's the worst I'm, now? I'm joking. But um, you know, I I think like to me, I view stand up as a place to be cathartic of the darker thoughts, and and yeah. like you know, I'm happiest when I'm able to get my silly self in there too, and and, right. and show some range. But yeah, I'm not going to open up and and be my full self on stage necessarily. Well, yeah, but some it, stuff it, just isn't funny it's much funnier when you're being mean or snarky or negative or self-effacing and all that sort of stuff i mean no i like i said like i like to get sillier lighter stuff in there in which i feel like playful and i can i can you know it doesn't always have to be that i like the variety but But you do you do that not not to uh, be weird in a different way but nick and i were at a show at largo and you were on stage and we're we're talking about there are like two kind of varieties of bits for stand-up it's like there's the writing bit and then there's just the silly bit Mm -hmm. and like i love silly bits i don't know if you've seen my joke about just saying pierce get beers that's the whole bit that's Mm -hmm. the point of the bit is i think it's funny to say pierce go get some beers pierce Mm -hmm. that's it yeah that's the point i've been making that joke since i was in high school now Mm -hmm. i just do it on stage i have to be in the right mood because it'll feel fake if i just do it and i'm in a grumpy mood but if i am feeling silly i'll do it yeah and you have bits like that too you'll have like a really really well written this is ready for late night joke and then out of nowhere you'll do rape base or something which is just like silly Right. Or right. You, you actually have sillier things than rape base. You have things that are just like, there's no real purpose to the joke other than like, we're watching someone have fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, also, sometimes those are germs of things that I'm trying to figure out. Right. Fuller jokes, too. But I, trying to I'll, write. I'll do them. I, I mean it as a compliment, though. Those mm-hmm. aren't worthless jokes. People love those jokes. In yeah. fact, in my experience, 
those are more memorable. No, I mean, I used to always, I think I've been struck by when I watch, you know, more experienced comedians, I'm struck by like, sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, sometimes the stuff that makes me laugh is just not overwrought. You know, it's just like their personality is shining through. And I think like when you start doing stand-up, all you kind of have is your personality and then you figure out how to write jokes later. Or at least for me, I felt like initially I was louder and I was more my personality and then I was like, oh, I need to write good jokes. And then my personality came way down and then i was like i want to do both and i think now it's like i've i feel like it's like i'm happiest if i feel like i'm really just being myself and Mm -hmm. and then you know the jokes are there to support that yeah which which one of the reasons i think we've talked about this on this podcast before one of the reasons it's hard to do that and show your full self on stage is that if you fail your full self just failed you know what i mean like if they reject a joke like if you're a one-liner guy and you tell a joke and they don't laugh but they laughed at all the other ones. You'll get off and be like, well, they didn't like that joke. I really right. like that Triscuit joke and they didn't laugh. But if you go up and you're somebody like Louie or Burr, or I think uh, hopefully what we're trying to work towards, if you fail, they really are rejecting you as a complex and whole person. Mm-hmm. There's no worse feeling. And as I mature as, as a writer or whatever, the topics that I want to talk about are a little bit more uh, line in the sand drawing. And if I say that on stage and I'm on the road and I realize like, oh, these people... A, don't care about this. B, worse, do care and disagree. There's no C. It's terrible to feel them pull away in that way. So it's harder to kind of demonstrate the full full dimension of your of your being yeah and it's like all these cliches that you hear are true like i really do feel like i'm like have to constantly remind myself because there is that weird craving that comes from a very unconscious place where you're just like i want everyone to like me and i do have to remind myself just no one is liked by everyone yeah and like i just will never persuade someone that i'm funny like there's people like online there's so many people that are women aren't funny or even like sometimes people compliment me and go usually women aren't funny but you're funny it's like there's just people that you're never going to change the way they see things it's not like like some people may be well but most of the time like you're going to be in someone's kind of like organic interest base or you're not right that's that's actually it's funny that i'm 32 and i am also just realizing that as well bill cosby had a great quote i actually had it above my desk for a while where he said and then i've actually heard other people have said this as well so i wasn't sure if it was wrongly attributed gandhi jesus all the big ones bill cosby he said i don't know the key to success but the key to failure is trying to please everybody and that has taken me a long time to realize i'm like oh it's like what i was doing you see that in your shows because you don't try to please anyone Ah, you are the capital fucking worst All of that is in some sort of super new caps lock to show how much I hate you. Every day, every day I wake up with a true and renewed hate for you. Every fucking day. Let me see if there's anything Do you ever have any fans that say that you're cute or... Uh, it's very rare. Really? Yeah. I thought like uh, like my understanding of talking to guys is that that's what they do it for. I mean, that's never been my motivation. What? Do you stand up for girls? Yeah, to get girls so to funny. sleep with them. Berbiglia said it perfectly on Marin's podcast when he was actually hosting. He was like, there's two classes. And I've talked about this with Camille and TJ, and, and now we're talking about it. Two classes, those that did it for girls and those that did it for the art. I know that sounds so snobby and pretentious, but literally all of my friends do it for the craft. Do it for because we like doing stand up. In fact, I said to tj or somebody i was like when i get off stage that's my least sexual time because i feel like i just had like an intimate moment with the entire crowd and you should try to fuck during that time and see what happens Ah, but i've just like won over that kind of warm feeling that you sometimes have after sex that's sometimes how i feel after i do a show i know that's creepy and you might make fun of me for saying that but 
I feel that closeness and that connection to the crowd mm-hmm. that after good intercourse, that's how you feel. So like why I, it would just would be like a Throw hat. that on a t-shirt. Ah, <laughs> Sell it after shows. It would be a hat on a hat. You don't need to put a hat on. You already have a hat on. So I what hat on a hat means. I know you do, but I said it for the, we both write oh, for the listener, for the listener, yeah. listener, singular. We, we both write for TV. Yeah. It's not That's a big deal. I wanted to clear, you write for Parks and Recreation, a very yes. popular television show that people like. Yeah. And you just had your first episode. Uh, second. Psychotic episode. Second episode. Uh, <laughs> I but, just had a psychotic episode apropos of nothing. Well, for people uh, that are listening and are curious, I think people are curious about this. People always want to talk about writers and how they got into it and mm-hmm. stuff. The, uh, Shows, comedy shows are typically written in the room. People are in the room of like, how many are on Parks? Uh, I think there's nine of us. Nine. There's nine on my show now currently. So nine seems like a good number. But then after you break the story, after you decide what's going to happen in the episode, one writer will go off and write it. And this is what you just did. Right. And and it went well. well in fact, we just, we just ran it. into, what's his name? Yeah. What is Chris his name? Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Who plays Andy on the show. We were brunching. With his lovely wife. Adjacent to him. Anna Ferris. Yeah. Very L.A. moment of us. Not a big deal. We just ate some quinoa and some egg whites. And we did just eat went on quinoa and egg whites. Like <laughs> Jesus. Are we becoming the worst people in the world? I, I already crossed that threshold long oh, ago. God, I'm becoming everything I feared. But yeah. I love it. <laughs> so anyway, happy. I, I was happy to hear that your second episode went really well. Because that means Chelsea was on the set. Punching up jokes. Wait, what are you talking about? My I'm talking episode. about your oh, Parks and Rec. Oh, I thought you said our first episode aired. No, this was my first episode that, oh, I, that okay. I wrote for this, the show. This will say, written by Chelsea Peretti, yeah. when it airs. And that means, even though other people worked on it, that you wrote the first draft and you were on the set while it was being filmed giving alts. Like, if a joke doesn't work, right. Chelsea was going in and being like, as you say this, and setting went, thanks, man. Right. I got it. Thanks, Chels. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Your Aziz impression. My Aziz is great. I wonder, does Aziz know that everyone does impressions of him now? Um, I would love to do Aziz to Aziz. I would love it. I I don't know if he would like it, but I sure would like it. Uh, I don't feel like it's mean. I love just being like, No, it's not mean-spirited. It's just funny. It's like, you know, he's... Todd always goes... When did that start happening that everyone has an Aziz impression? Todd, I remember Todd at Rafifi long before any Aziz success would go, Hey, man. Yeah. He just loves Todd, that. Todd gets those. It's stuck those in his head. Catchphrases. He like can't. I don't think he can stop doing that. Todd's got. Hey man. Hey man. And it's like, and me, an overbearing, never knowing when to stop person, is like, all right, maybe. You kind of sound like Chris Tucker. I do. Oh, I know. I actually do a bit where I go. This is Dave Chappelle calling Aziz, calling Ross Perot, and it's like it's Dave Chappelle. Hey man, Chappelle. It's like, hold on, I got another call. Hello. Hey, man. It's Aziz. It's Aziz. What's going on? It's Aziz. Hold on. I got another call. It's Ross Perot. You've done that on stage? I did that in the room. It was a room bit. Got a big laugh. Got a big laugh. And here we are again, rehashing bits. Room bits are the best. Should I do that on stage? No one will get that. Uh, UCB, you could do that. Yeah. I could do it on a show where Aziz just got off stage yeah. and Dave Chappelle's in the front row. Mm, no. <laughs> hey, man. Nail. Nail. Chappelle. Dave Chappelle. Oh, my God. Got to yell to do Chappelle. Chappelle. Let's do season four. No? Yeah. God, sure. I really threw into that one and I got know. nothing. Your hair was going all Were over you the trying place. not to laugh? I know it's very feathery today. Were you trying not to laugh on Louie? It looked like there was a scene on the subway where you're trying not to laugh. Oh, I don't think so. You, I Is told you bad? all. No, no, no. I, I was looking for some sort of insight into uh, Chelsea was on the pilot episode of Louie and uh, the first of the first season. And uh, you were wonderful, oh, as thanks. I told you. And um, 
I always feel I like... I just, I couldn't tell if it was one of these things where you know Louie and he was trying to make you laugh. And I, it wasn't that you were, looked like you were suppressing it, but it looked like it was being shot in such a way that when they cut, you started laughing because he was just fucking with you. No, I it wasn't, I don't think that was going on. Really? Yeah. It was, you know, it was pretty straightforward and he was directing me kind of as we did it. And, oh. Yeah. That's kind of weird to be in a scene and, and they can directly be like... It was great react, because I feel way. so comfortable with him and he yeah. was just like, don't be a comedian, just be like a person. Really? Yeah. yeah. And it was great. You know, I never You know. really do feel like just a person. It's actually, oh, you good. kind of left all of that ego of the performer, even though you were performing as an actor. Yeah. He didn't let me wear makeup. I had to have my hair back. These are things that as a woman, I don't ever care to do. But Yeah. Whatever. I don't know if I was, you know, I, I don't, I've learned by now that I don't have a great perception of myself, but like if people bring that up, I'm always like searching their face to see if they're uh, just uh, obligatory complimenting or if they actually oh, liked it. But I feel that way about almost everything, especially in LA. I feel like people just do compulsory compliments here, you know, where you're just... Oh, like, yeah. And it often means the opposite. Yeah. That's well, we all do that. That's terrifying. Someone has a haircut that's terrible. and You're you, like, haircut, haircut. Uh, <laughs> but you need to address it. And the only socially <laughs> right. acceptable way to address it is to say that you like it. Yeah. Because so like, you can't go, hey, man, you got nice a haircut. haircut. Yeah. Some people do that's do that. That's the worst. It is the worst. When someone's like, you got a new shirt that is very patterned. You got a new shirt. <laughs> that's like a Mitch Hedberg bit where someone saw him at the airport and said, hey, man, I saw you on The Tonight Show. But he didn't say right, that's how well fucking, I did. That's a nightmare. And then he said he turned around and then turned back and went, hey, man, I just saw you at the airport just now. Yeah. You were good. Mm-hmm. Isn't that great? Yeah. It's a fucking perfect joke. We miss you, Mitch. I do miss Mitch Hedberg. Yeah. What a great guy. Great comedian. I don't know. Didn't know. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I am freaking out right now. <laughs> I'm really having a problem. That was an amazing, like, yeah, that was real. 20 mood shift yeah, in one sentence. That was real. That was the genuity. We, we miss you, Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> and realizing. Didn't know him. Didn't know him. Didn't know him. <laughs> God, the self censoring. That was insane. I think that's. Uh, is there anything you want to say? No, I just, you know, want to wish you the best in this podcast um, that we were at one point going to do together. We were going to do a uh, podcast, and we still can. (laughs) We're going to do Kicking It with Chelsea and P. Yeah. Um, But no, I I think this was a great one. I feel good about it. I will tweet about it. You know how you go, like, if you feel good about something, you'll tweet it. Yeah. Oh, it slipped my mind. Oh, that's a good, that's a very good modern compliment. Can I also throw this at you? (laughs) Modern day flirting. Yes. (gasps) Nightmare. Uh, yeah, of course. But there was a girl uh, that I, I kind of had a cr- have a crush on or whatever, and she followed me on Twitter, and then you follow her back. It's this weird, right? right. And now we can direct message. Or, you know what I mean? It's so fucking yeah, weird. It is but weird. it's true. You have like thirty choices for a subtle flirt. I know. You know I know. I mean? But you know what? I think you can do them all. You can do them all. Yeah. But we used to live in a world where it was like you either give them a big lollipop and go, I'd like you to be my dandy. Or whatever. <laughs> oh, my God. That was your no only. No one has that ever done only. that in the history of America. You bring him a cold bottle of milk and go, I just saw your light was on. Won't you be my dandy? <laughs> <laughs> or now you can favorite you someone's tweet. You the old five candle flicker. What are you talking about? If you light five candles and put it in your window, it means you like a lady. Wink, 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 wink. Take this peony, my precious. (laughs) Give them a handful of penny candy and tell them they're yours. (laughs) 
tell him there. You're, yeah, that worked. Um, but now you have all that you can favorite no, honestly, someone's I, tweet. I want like that, a little more return to the old fashioned thing of like, I need someone to just say, well, I'd like to take you on a that's date. That's what we were just talking about. Use the about. word date. I need to know. I'm friends with a lot of guys. Like, I, yeah. it's just too stressful to me to always be hanging out with yeah. someone like, should I wear a dress? Should you pick me up? We, we were, talked about this. It's just like, it, it's too stressful. It's so much better. To just put it out there and be like, can I take you out on a date? I yeah, I just want to know where I stand. I mean, on the other hand, I do kind of get it where you're like, you're maybe kind of attracted to someone, but you're not sure. And it's like, it seems like less pressure to just go, let's hang out. And right. then you take it from there. Well, that's what I would do. Even right. though I'm agreeing with you, I would just be like, let's hang out sometime. Right. But then you, I totally get... The more clarity, people respond to confidence and certainty. Yeah. If you and I go into something and I'm trying to convince you to do this thing or this thing, and I'm more certain that yeah. you should do it than you are that you shouldn't do it, I'll win. So if I can demonstrate some sort of testosterone field, literally testosterone is linked to decisiveness. So that's what makes it like this appealing sort of caveman right. sort of thing. That's why I, I kind of have to manufacture it. Not to say that I don't have testosterone, but I try and encourage it by being like, we're going here. I, I think we'll enjoy that. You know, there's something powerful about that that I think ultimately goes back to the whole the whole thing, the whole thing about how men and women are together. Chelsea. Um. <laughs> you don't have to respond to that. That was a lot. But but saying, please go out with me on a date, or would you like to go on a date, or I will pick you up for a date, or like let me take you out for drinks and, and sex. That, that is, that's so much more appealing, I think, for a girl especially to hear a guy that's like, no, this is what I want to do. Yeah, I mean, though, as you're saying that, a part of me is like, I guess I would say no more if it was more often clear. Yeah, well, I think so that's what the that's guy... that's probably why it's appealing to they're keep protecting it themselves. Yeah, it's protective. Absolutely. Because I, I might... And also, I might be too closed off. Like, maybe someone would be cool. And if, if they had said, let's go on a date, I'd be like, mm, I don't want to mislead someone or whatever. It, it also plants something in your brain where I'm like, date, dating, boyfriend, right. pressure, right. stress. Yeah. You'll be uh, with me now. Otherwise, it's like, <laughs> oh, it'll be a fun hang. We'll see what right. happens. But I just feel like I can hang out with anyone for the most part but and have a fun time. But, like I've never had... And I think if you have a certain chemistry, it should happen the second you meet a little bit. Like You should be like, I'm yeah. intrigued by this person. Yeah. I'm like interested. On that level. Yeah. I get that. And I think like I might, I, I've tried to be healthy, quote unquote, and like then I go, oh, healthy is like where you have no spark with someone and they ask you out and you say yes because you're like being open-minded or something. But I, I, I see think, where that goes. I think there should probably be some intrigue, you know, some something that's kind of there from the start. But you are friends with dudes. Yeah, I mean, so we're, we're, you're, <laughs> you are friends with a lot of I dudes. I hang out with, like, I need to spend more time with female friends because you, you need that balance. You got to have someone to sync up with. Right. But I definitely, you know, I, I feel like there's, you know, and it's probably a problem I have. I, I have, like, very close female friends, but just on across the board, I tend to feel more comfortable with guys where I feel like what you see is what you get more. Whereas with right. girls, I feel like there's more of like, they're smiling and I'm going, what is behind those eyes? Uh, what is behind those eyes? Yeah, Do you yeah, hate yeah, me? Yeah. Yeah. Do you secretly hate me? And are you judging me right now? What are your 10 thoughts right now? And oh, like, Jesus. whereas with guys, I feel like usually like they're having one thought at a time and it's kind of upfront. You yeah. Know? Men are stupid. Women are crazy. Typically. Right. And th those are both bad things. I'm not just shitting. On right. Women. Right. But that's why you need a little bit of each in your life. Well, I'd say it's actually very, very weird that our relationship is so similar to dudes hanging out in the sense that 
things that I want to be like, like if I were going on a date and I would say like, should I walk to the door? Should I pick her up right. at the door? Like that's, that's like a guy. I'm always like thing. with my guy friends, like peace. Like I'm always like very like getting out of the car. Peace, son. See you later. You know, like I keep it like as, as clearly <laughs> friend zone as, as, uh, well, that's what we were just talking about is guys will hang out with you. So once you put that sign in your lawn, I have guy friends. Right. Then it's like, come one, come all. And then it is kind of a come one, come all. And then it's kind of like, who wouldn't want that? And then you, I know this, will be in situations where you're like, what does this guy think Yeah, this is? but generally what I do is just assume it's a friend hang unless there's anything else indicated. You know who does that? Dudes. And there's no one playing the girl in your relationship with these guys that go on these friend dates with you, which makes me think that sometimes the guys are playing that role where of they're what? the ones going like, what does this mean? Oh. Someone's going to overthink it. Right. You're just kind of like putting that on them. I'm just like, well, let's just go hang out and Who have does fun. That? I mean, I remember even in high school was when I started hanging out with guys primarily. And right. I remember one of those guys saying to me, like, you're not a girl. You're like yeah. a guy. And I remember being like, am I fucking so ugly? Am I like just like asexual and blah, 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 you know? <laughs> But on the other hand, it was kind of a compliment where it was like, I felt like I was one of the guys in right. in, a, in a very, like, you know, we laughed a lot and had a lot of fun. But obviously, right. you also want to feel like you're a girl. So it's kind of a weird uh, dynamic. No, somehow you do both. Nobody would ever call you a tomboy. I wouldn't throw a baseball at you with any confidence. <laughs> I hate baseball. <laughs> I would definitely. Throw me a volleyball. I'll, <laughs> I'll set the shit out of it. <laughs> Oh, good God in heaven. This is like so much better than our brunch conversation. Well, Having you, a microphone in front of you has really grounded you. Me? <laughs> yes. I thought it brought a lot of life out of you. You're right. You're you know right. what else it you're is? Right. is you, you turned your phone off. Oh, my God. Fuck you. Forever? Is it fuck me forever? <laughs> What's funny is even though I turned it off, I'm still you looking for the red blinking yep. light. Like I'm so habitually, addictively looking at my phone to see it's what kind of messages I have. If there was some sort of technology, which there probably will be, that puts those alerts and shit in your eye... And like you can be making eye contact with me while you're seeing that you got a Twitter reply. No, honestly, I'm I I've tried to do a joke about this and I've never made it work, but maybe someday I will. But it's like I've seen like because Blackberries have that red blinking light, like there's been so many red blinking things vaguely that I've looked at. Like I have messages <laughs> where it's like you know a cat's eye catches the light. You're like someone's trying to text me. <laughs> I have that too. Uh, any sort of vibration, you can actually watch in the writer's room it, you'll hear like a yeah of like anything a, of a in that car, frequency and everyone's like checking uh, their someone's phone trying to contact me yeah exactly yeah. Fucking... it's the refrigerator dummy like <laughs> people are all freaking out the refrigerator's texting you that yeah, would be funny the hum of the refrigerator I, I know. Like, oh i have constant non-stop texts <laughs> coming in <laughs> I love, Jesus. uh well i think i think that did help but then also you had a coffee yeah that's true because you were kind of logue yeah. A little bit logue this morning. What's logue? Logie. Logie? You don't Low know the key. word lo- logie. That's a word. I don't know it. L O A G Y? Never heard it. I'm getting two no's. <laughs> <laughs> anyone logue? Anyone? <laughs> I abbreviated a, a thing, word that doesn't a exist. Thing or not a logue. thing. Logue. Logue. I don't know. It feels like a thing. But anyway, this was good. As in monologue? Is it? <laughs> that tweet it, tweet it, and delete it. I don't think I have anything else. That's wonderful. This was a very rich conversation. You're I feel a like rich person. 
<laughs> you are a rich person. You are too. And really, uh, one of my great friends here in LA. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't do that. It's true. Thank Truly you. Truly one of the greats, Pete Holmes. Oh, God. You are. You are. It, it ended so much weirder than it was. And it was in a good way. I'm, that fits your title, wait, man. Ready? Go with it. I'm grateful for you. Oh, my God. Believe it. I'm okay. humbled by you. <laughs> That sounds like a horrible bridesmaid speech. I see a relationship, Steve and Karen, and I'm just humbled by it. And then looks at her boyfriend in the front row. Uh, guys, this was You Made It Weird. Chelsea Peretti. Pete Holmes. Che- what is it? Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea v. v. Peretti, Peretti on, on Twitter. Twitter. V as in Venus. The funniest. Thanks for doing it. That's not my middle name, though. Thank- thanks for listening. <laughs> keep it crispy. Say keep it crispy. Why would I say not my middle name to say what the V stands for? What is your middle name? Vanessa. That's like so much clearer than Venus. I know. (laughs) Anyway, Vanessa doesn't fit me. But Chelsea V. Peretti on Twitter. Was Chelsea Peretti taken? Yes. It was like a spammer thing. Pete Holmes is an organic gardener. I I want to switch over, though. I'm still trying to make that happen. You could do it. But do you get all your followers? We'll talk about this. You do, yes. You do? Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, keep it crispy. Say keep it crispy. I can't. Okay. Do I have to? Okay. Bye. Now leaving Nerdist.com.